Welcome into another edition of Sportball. It's your boy Sam. With me as always are Seth and Kyle. And today is a very special day because we have guest Nick Cornell in the house. Nick, how you doing? I'm good, guys. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, damn right it is. <laughs> I'm so lucky. We have five to six listeners per podcast, so I would think it would be an honor. And you're one of you them. You guys have doubled your six uh, listenerships since I was last here? Yeah. <laughs> what <are> you guys? <laughs> Maybe Matt listens twice. I don't know. Uh, so, so we called Nick in for a very special reason, in that he wanted us to do. Nick, why don't you he describe us? Really? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you describe your idea for the listeners? Sure. Um, so we've all been talking a lot about the playoffs as they're going on, and basically at the very start of it, I was curious where we all stood on certain players, and so I had this idea of if you were just drafting now and like a lot of the times when we draft teams, we think about like, Oh, you have to win a whole season or something like that. Or, you know, you're going to have this player for the next 10 years. But if we were trying to make a playoff run now and win a title, uh, like what would the top guys look like? Who would you want on your team? It's like, you know, someone like Jimmy Butler or something like that. I don't know if he's the cornerstone of a franchise, but I want him on my team in a playoff. So for sure. And we tried, we're trying to think of what, we could do to kind of make these not just all-star teams with all the star players and uh what we came up with or Seth came up with while he was biking which is where he gets most of his inspiration I would say nearly all of it biking <laughs> or in the shower yeah sometimes you're biking in the shower yeah we're showering <laughs> on my bike <laughs> uh so the idea was to assign dollar values to each player and give us a budget so basically we each have we decided 24 dollars to spend on eight roster spots which will be your starting five and three bench players. Usually the bench, you know, usually you don't use more than eight in the playoffs, we would say. And we've divided all the NBA players into tiers. The most expensive tier is $7. So that's Giannis, Kawhi, KD, and LeBron. And then we've got all the rest of the tiers. And then $1 player is anyone who's not in, already listed on the sheet. Um, so I'm not going to read out the whole list, but you'll get the idea. We should mention that if you draft Mario Hazonia or Hassan Whiteside or Carmelo, you get a dollar back, which is just a value you can't pass up. Amazing <laughs> <laughs> that all those guys are, paid, are uh, trailblazers. Yeah. yeah. That's why the Blazers lost. <laughs> right. And we're also assuming that all the players are currently healthy, so we're pretending Kevin Durant fully has recovered from his Achilles. Christoph Porzingis is healthy in this imaginary world, but we are factoring in their injury proneness yeah. in case something could happen during your playoff run. Kyle, anything to add? You guys explained it perfectly. Thanks, Kyle. Wow, it's the first time Kyle's agreed with me. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we should just dive in. Um, if we seem a little distracted, it's because we're also watching Game 7 of Jazz Nuggets, so full disclosure to the listeners. But it'll be halftime soon. So. Yeah. Um, so we did we did randomize the draft before this podcast, and I got the number one pick because Siri realized that I deserved it. How convenient. And, <laughs> and Seth is number two, Kyle is number three, and Nick is last, which he deserves. And we, <laughs> and we will be doing a snake draft. So let's just jump in. We need to name this, though, right? Like, the, what is this? The, the playoff draft? What is this? Playoff, playoff auction extravaganza. Good. P for short. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have the first pick, and I was kind of thinking, 
I mean, it would. Would it be? He's already rattled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell you who I'm not taking, and that's Giannis. And I know that we all. I was just talking to Kyle about this on the ride over, um, while I was weaving in and out of traffic while also drafting on my phone, and <laughs> I feel like. We all agree that Giannis is one of the best players in the league, but we just have some reservations about his ability to create the best shot possible in crunch time in a playoff game, right? Because he can't shoot very well from the outside. I mean, even I have questions if he's, like, above average in the last minute of a playoff game. Right? Yeah. So far, he's yeah. not been. So, I, mean, I think that's I, fair. He's a one-trick pony. I mean, I have reservations if I'd rather have him or Mario at that point. So, <laughs> so with the overall pick, I mean, Sam Spice yeah. flex Mario Zonia. I could start out with negative one dollars in my budget. I mean, start out with twenty five dollars. Yeah. In that first game, um, in that first game against the Heat, there was a possession. I think it was in the fourth quarter where they came down, and he was taking the ball like down the court, and he just took like a pull up three with like high teens in the clock, yeah. and we, I've talked to you guys about before, again, like guys who I think it's going to go in or guys who I think it don't, and pretty much every player falls into one category. Yeah. Is anywhere but like five feet around the rim, I just don't think it's going in. Yeah. It might be a little harsh. But I don't know what it is about Giannis's three-point shot, but I feel like he flicks his wrist, but the ball stays still for a second before it actually moves. <laughs> like his wrist is done being flicked, and then the ball is still just sitting there for a second before it – it's really weird. I don't know what it is about his shot. It's ass. I mean, it's yeah, ass. it also, like, it looks like Sam can vouch for this. In college, whenever I would shoot, I would have to put all my energy behind a shot to get it to barely make it to the rim. And when Giannis takes jumpers, I feel like that's what it looks like. He's to put so much into it to get it to just get there. Yeah. Quick interruption. Jamal Murray's injured. Wow. That's big looks because... Like a- Took a knee to a thigh. Because I will not, I'm not fine. sure who I'd rather take Jamal or Michael Jordan at this point. Um, the Messiah. So, yeah, I'm not going to take Giannis with the first pick overall, even though he will be the reigning MVP. Um, I think you can make a case for number one at Kawhi uh, if you're going to pick a $7 player, right, which are the elite most expensive players. You can make a case for LeBron, for Kawhi, and for KD. I hesitate to not pick LeBron. Because when all the chips fall, I just feel like I'd still rather have them. But I do also feel like Kawhi may have surpassed him in this. So, so the question remains, have the chips fallen or not? <laughs> the thing is, I threw the chips a couple hours ago and they haven't landed yet. So. <laughs> we should have told Siri how long you were going to take before she <laughs> This is the biggest decision of the whole draft. I is mean, No, there would be several better decisions. I mean, the thing is, if I leave without LeBron, I'm going to be upset, aren't I? Right. So thank you for this whole walk roundabout way. We all know we're going to take LeBron from the beginning. <laughs> all right, give me LeBron for $7. I mean, I'm going to take Mario for negative one next, so I'll, yeah, I'll still be at six, basically. So does that leave you with $17 remaining for seven players? Yeah. Oh, wait, is it 23 we started with or 24? 24. <laughs> all right. All right, Seth, you're up next. So, um, mm. let me just crack over my beer here now that I picked LeBron and celebrate. 
So I'm between two players. One is Kawhi, who we talked about. Um, he would be my top overall pick, but is he the best value is the question. And there's someone else who I think maybe just gives me a little bit more of something unique that I want. And I think I might be able to replace some of the things that Kawhi does. But could I is the question. Um, and maybe, yeah, screw it. This is my strategy that I decided on take before game, so mm-hmm. I'm going to take Anthony Davis mm-hmm. for $6. He's in the second tier. Um, I think having the versatility that AD brings um, from your five position, there aren't very many players in the league who have that versatility offensively and defensively. I think Giannis is like the only defender who's on par with AD. But AD like has the ability to make a jump shot down the stretch, and Giannis really doesn't. Um, so I think cornerstone of my team being AD gives me a lot of flexibility. I don't have to worry about like having a big who um, can't make outside shots, or having a really small lineup and then getting bullied by somebody in the post. So, so you're gonna force AD to play the center position. AD will play the five. Yeah, he does not like that. That's okay. He'll deal. Let I me ask really... you, Seth. Quam will make him. Let me ask you if you feel any reservations of taking Anthony Davis number one when he's never made it out of the first round before. Um, this is, after all, a playoff. You know, this is a playoff. He's actually in the second round now. Right. <laughs> that's true. So he has made it out yeah, of the first round. that's a good point. Um, and he also made it out of the first round another time with the, with the Pelicans, didn't he? Didn't they won that debate upset somebody? Remember that? Anyway. They swept the Blazers. Yeah, the Blazers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so, well, I, let me rephrase that then to, you know, hasn't had any deep runs in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I'm not worried about it. I think he just hasn't had the right team. If you look at his stats in the playoffs, it's not like he honestly elevates from his play in the regular season. Um, and especially in a, in a draft like this, I'm going to have other players who are going to, like, run the offense and everything. So it's not like the burden will all be on AD anyways. So, no, I don't have any reservations. Let me ask you another follow-up. Please do. There has been some questions about AD also down the stretch of playoff games where obviously he's a big man and his sometimes his game doesn't quite translate to crunch time scoring. You know, we, all, we always know we want those players who can score in isolation from anywhere on the court. Um, so are you just hoping to grab another one of those players for the next pick yeah, I think there's just enough. Tell us your whole strategy. <laughs> I think there's enough isolation scores where I don't necessarily need one with my first pick, and I also think AD can score in isolation. So, I mean, give him the ball on the elbow. There's not many players who can guard him, so I'm not worried about that at all. I think that's fair. I think the the interesting thing about Seth's team then will be to see um, if he can get someone who can like get the ball to AD in those situations because. It makes me think a little bit um, like the Sixers when they lost Ben Simmons this year. But like Joel Embiid, he can get those buckets, but he, they couldn't find anyone to get him an entry pass. Right. And you have to make sure we're, we're drafting the best players here, and Seth will find someone. But I think that's key yeah. to me, even with AD, that you get someone who can get him an entry pass and get him a shot. Yeah, that's a great point. And you need shooting around him, too. But I think that's, that's a solid pick. Kyle, it comes to you next. Easy. 
Uh, didn't really need to think about it. I was worried Seth was going to take him, but the number three pick in the P draft. Got to be. Got to be Luka. Or Harden. The Matador. El Matador. Cool Hand. The Don. Wonder Boy. <laughs> El Nino Meravilla. Swaggy L. Luka Legend. Too Easy. Luka Doncic. I'm sorry. Someone calls him Swaggy L? That's uh, what basketball reference has listed as a nickname, so I'm going to go with it for now. I honestly thought about taking him first. Even Can though someone translate El Nino Meravilla to me, though? Red The Storm? something kid? Oh, yeah, yeah. The wonder kid? I was – um, I mean, I know I didn't say it during my long monologue, but I did consider taking him at one. He should have been taken at one. Yeah, I, I think he would – he's an incredible value because he's not $7, and I would gladly have taken him at one. But. Yeah, it's just – I mean, I've talked about it before. I really don't care too much about having, like, a, a defensive stud as the uh, – you know, the backbone of my team, I guess. Like – when it comes down to it, it would be surprising. Basketball is a team sport. And if the uh, the rest of the team, you know, he's an average, I'd say, defender. He's yeah. not great. He's not terrible. So uh, you spread that around and, you know, I don't think it's any uh, surprise that my team's probably going to look similar in style to the Rockets. So that's just my favorite team, right? So any player could switch and guard any other position, and that's kind of what I value. And I really value more the offensive ability of Luca, not only shooting and creating his own shot, but the way he can create shots for everyone else on his team. I just think that's way too valuable of a uh, player to pass up on. I think that I, we were talking about this in the car too, actually, that if I were starting a franchise today, I would take Luca. That would be my number one pick uh, over Giannis over Zion, any, any other young player you want to say. Um, but for this exercise, I decided not to take Luca number one because, I mean, whether it's unfair or not, I haven't seen it yet, right? I mean, obviously we project that we think that he'll be a very, a very, um, be a perennial MVP candidate. Matt just walked in the room. Hey, Matt. He's our only fan, so it's fitting that he's here. We're basically for doing a live show. <laughs> We're screwed now, though, because our views and listens are going to go way yeah, down. This week. Yeah, live <laughs> for it. We pay for it. Yeah. yeah, we have our two listeners here on the pod. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say was, although I would pick him if I was starting a franchise for this playoff exercise this year, obviously I haven't seen Luca make a finals yet, and LeBron makes the finals every year. I mean, so, although LeBron is much older, of course, and we're not sure if he maybe has lost that first step, he made the finals eight years in a row, so I think I'd want that on my team over Luka, who didn't make out of the first round, which, of course, we think is because of the team around him, but I just haven't seen it yet, you know? I think that's fair. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I don't care really about making out of the first round. He averaged 31, 10, and 9 in his first ever playoffs. I mean, LeBron certainly put up those numbers before. I mean, Luka outdid him in every category in their first playoffs. Yeah. but I'm He's already the second-best player of all time. But exactly. I'm taking LeBron right now, so. El Nino Meravillo. Nick, what were you going to say? Um, you know I lost it, and that's very unprofessional of me, but I lost it. That's it. You'll never come back on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> mistake. <laughs> we have a zero tolerance policy. <laughs> All right, so we just got back-to-back picks now. That's yeah. Man, I really, really hope he doesn't pick my guy. Well, Kyle's guy's very oh. So, <laughs> so if you want to fuck him, you'll take hard. <laughs> yeah, for real. So I've 
obviously I didn't have a lot of like prep for this. I wish we could have done like many of these so I could see like does taking a seven dollar player screw you over when you get to the later rounds? Yeah. No. But to me, I said from the, like to myself, just talking to myself. So I said from the beginning that I was not gonna take a seven dollar player because I think that'll hamstring me later. So I want to take a $6 player and the ones that are still left on the board here, I'm not going to go Sam level monologue, but I'll, I'll tick off the ones I'm not taking. So I'm not yeah. taking a Harden chemistry thing. And also I couldn't do that to Kyle, but <laughs> I, I just don't want him necessarily running my team because I don't want to have to build my team around him, which I do think to enable him to have that much success, I would have to pick all my players to fit him. Yeah. Um, for Jokic is another $6 player here, and I just don't want my highest paid player to be someone who is not the one carrying me in a playoff series, and we're literally watching him right now not be the one carrying his team in the series. Yeah, right. Um, and then the last one that I'm not picking is Damian Lillard, and that's kind of because – it's not because he's not clutch. It's not because I don't believe in him. It's just I don't think he's going to give me virtually anything on the defensive end when it's crunch time. Um, so I'm going to take the last $6 player here because I think I can build any type of team around him, and that's Steph Curry. Um, I feel like a lot of people, just recency bias and stuff, are just forgetting how effective Curry can be, and I like the fact that he's a leader, but he's not a ball hog. He can pass, he'll play defense, and he's one of the greatest shoot- – I mean, he's the greatest shooter of all time. So I think I'm getting a pretty good deal with him at for $6. Don't you think you'd get a better value by taking the superior brother? <laughs> Oh, that's a great point. Well, Seth would have when you know, my time. second pick – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you mentioned that Kyle in our basketball group chat gave what is the worst take probably in the history of mankind. That's not a bad take. At least in the history of our, our chat. And he said that, and I quote, I think that Seth Curry is the better brother. He just wasn't given the same opportunities. As if he didn't, I stick to it. Look he at went the to Duke, made the NBA, is on the Mavericks, he can't even start. I don't know what opportunities you're talking about. And then he criticizes me for saying Chris Paul is better in the clutch than James Harden, which he clearly is. Right. I mean, oh, for no, this no, exercise, no, we're talking about winning a playoff this year, and Seth Curry was in the playoffs, and Steph was not. So. That's a great point, Nick. Come on. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you brought up Steph, though, because I do feel like people have been – I think Damian has, has um, dominated the conversation in the bubble, and people are saying that he's better than Steph right now. And I've been saying that for while at least I a think year. that's not a crazy thing to say, because Kyle already said it, and so that does make it crazy, maybe. <laughs> but I, I do think that I would still rather have Steph, and I think that he's a little slept on. I mean, I do print out a picture of him and sleep on him every night, but I know other people are as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's just so little, to me, difference between the two of them. It's just I think Steph will give a little bit more on the defensive end, and I also think he's a little bit better off ball. So if I take someone who's like a wing, who's a ball-dominant guy, and you'll see with my next pick who I'm taking, um, but I, I think he'll just pair better with that player um, than Damian would. But – so that brings me to my second pick, which I was tossing two guys back and forth, and that's going to be devastated here. But I'm going to take Jason Tatum with my second pick. I knew it. Um, like, Sam's here. He did. Yeah. I, I got aroused. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Tatum will just pair really well with Curry. I think Curry will be able to get him the ball. He'll also be able to play off of Tatum. And then I think Tatum, this playoffs especially, has just shown what a unique defender he is. And he's also just a clutch scorer. So – 
at this point, yeah, I'll roll with Curry and Tatum and figure the rest out later. Yeah, nice. I like that. Those are two value picks, I think. And Kyle, Jason, I mean, this is – We can keep talking. About well, I was just going to say, this is only what his second playoffs. And he's – he's. I mean, he just scored over 30 today. He's, he's – Third playoffs. It is his third, yeah. But, I mean, he's been great in the playoffs every time, I feel like. Yeah, he's – I mean, I'm obviously pleased uh, <laughs> how he's performing <laughs> so far. And, Nick, you were talking about how he's become one of those players where every time he shoots, you think it's going in. And yeah. Yeah, I feel just very confident anytime he has the ball that he'll be able to create a good shot and he stops settling for those mid-range jumpers and he got better at them when he does take them. So, yeah, good pick. Okay, so this is a snake. Therefore, I get the next pick. (laughs) This is a tough one. Very tough. And I think my next pick is going to surprise a lot of you. If it's not James Harden, I'm surprised. (laughs) I'm I guess you already have a Luca, which is the better James Harden, so. And I can't decide because I really want to draft James. Do you think that is – Do I think he's going to fall to me? He <laughs> might. Not all of us hate James Harden, so maybe. <laughs> he might fall, fall to me, one. And two, the other player will probably fall to me, too. So, I don't know how much I want to put really myself mean. in a bind, though. Dennis Bruder? By, by picking – I mean, I guess it's only $1. So, Mario, <laughs> I think what I'm going to do here is go with uh, none other than Jimmy the Butt Butler. Mm, Jimmy, Jimmy the, the Butt. butt. Uh, I was debating him or Tatum. I, I, you know, obviously we know how good Jimmy can be. And, you know, we all watched that game the other day against uh, – Milwaukee, and he showed us how good he could be. He dropped, what, 40, 42 points or something. But the I think him kind of having the ability to play off ball with Luka would, and especially, like, his defense. I know I say I don't really care about <laughs> him, but Well, he's a second player, though. You're yeah, saying second you need, yeah. Right. And I think he could definitely pick up the slack uh, of the defense that Luka maybe might not be able to do. So, Jimmy, you could put on – any team's alpha and feel confident that he's going to lock him down. We sh- he showed the other day down the stretch, whatever. He, if you're going to force players to not take threes, he's going to hit the mid-range. If Luca's driving to the rim, I'm confident in Jimmy hitting the open three. I just think he, he uh, on both ends of the floor, he's one of the best players in the NBA yeah. in, in that aspect. I think it's interesting with Jimmy – I feel like he's the perfect player kind of for this exercise because in the regular season, he couldn't shoot the three ball at all. He's like one of the worst high volume three shooters in history. But so far, especially in crunch time, it's like I'm cheering for the Bucks, and I'm worried when Jimmy <laughs> Butler gets the ball. So right. that tells you something. So And he'd be a great, great fit for the real life man next to Luca. I mean, he's like Dorian Finney-Smith if he was 100 times better. That's true. And Dorian Finney-Smith is three people, so that's when you know. <laughs> and I also feel like the fun, the ironic part is he is a perfect fit for Philly. And that just didn't work out because he hated the coach and the players. But, you know, he's a great second or third star because he doesn't need the ball all the time. But if he gets it, like, you feel confident with him scoring crunch time, and he's a lead defender. So mm-hmm. I think that's a great fit for Powell. Dare yeah, I? Can I just, um... <laughs> Uh, just because they went back to back, 
And we were alluding earlier um, before the pod, we were talking about what do we think the most interesting Eastern Conference finals would be to watch. If Boston played Miami, do you guys think Tatum and uh, and Butler actually like defend each other, or do you think they would someone else? Butler, yeah, I wonder if they would put Bam on on Tatum. They wouldn't put Bam on. Uh, they might actually. They would probably or like, Mar- they would like Marcus guard team. Butler, like Marcus Smart. Yeah, maybe. And I wonder if Butler yeah, would guard Mar- Jalen. I think they would put Marcus Smart on Jimmy. Yeah, they probably put. They'd have to keep Tice on on Bam. Who would Jimmy, I, know, I just I don't know who Tatum would defend. Kyle, you um, you kind of when I when I said that that I thought Boston Miami would be the most interesting. You kind of raised you thought Toronto Miami I think would be your preferred, and I'd be curious like I, just if you list out the matchups, I just feel like Boston Miami is such an even series, and it's just guys who are like aggressive alphas up and down the teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree. I really just want to see Miami and Toronto because I bet Sam that Miami or Toronto would be the either one of those two teams would be the team to make it to the uh, to the NBA Finals. To be fair, I didn't disagree with you, but you said in the chat, Sam, I bet you won't bet me this. And my hands are tied when you do that. I have to do it. So I bet I it. mean, it didn't matter because you picked the other two teams to advance out of the second round anyway. So. I only did that because I made that bet already. Could have had- Put your money where your mouth is, I always say. I know, I'm not a hedger. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I also drafted Patrick Mahomes in with my third pick in our fantasy draft. We'll tonight, get off the rails here. And then tried to trade him three times. So it's up to Seth. It's yeah. on it for the second pick. Yeah, so we were just talking about Jimmy Butler as a two-way player. Um, I'm gonna take another two-way player here and somebody I think some people maybe have forgotten about a little bit, recency bias, and we're assuming full health. So I'm gonna take Clay Thompson for four dollars. Nice. Seth, in any exercise we do, takes Clay Thompson. I think Clay Thompson is supremely underrated, especially with like this when we're basically drafting an all-star team. So, like, if I was drafting a, you know, a team actually in the NBA, I wouldn't take him as highly because I would favor players who can create their own shot a little bit more than Clay can. But when I know I'm going to be able to get other players to create the offense in this kind of draft, I think he's one of the most valuable pieces to a team you can have because he's such a lethal three-point shooter, great defensive player, and he's beloved in the locker room. So he fits in perfectly on any team. I like that pick for Seth. I uh, I do find it interesting that now that Seth has his own podcast, he no longer gets really upset when people say someone is a two-way player. <laughs> Why don't you tell I've, listeners a problem with that phrase? I've come to accept it a little bit more. I just feel like it's a little bit of a misnomer because everyone plays on both sides of the court. And um, obviously there are players who are better at being versatile and having like offense and defense. But I just think we could have named it something better. So I am now the next pick, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't picked him sometimes, so I assume it's me. He took Clay Thompson. Oh, that's right. So I'm going to go with a little different strategy than you guys have been doing, which I feel like I don't know if I went into this draft thinking. I didn't have a strategy coming into this draft, to be fair, because it's not going to do a mock draft for this or anything, but this is our first time trying this. Um, I'm going to take two studs, two $7 players, and then fill out the rest of my roster with role players, which I don't feel like anyone else is doing, but it kind of was forced upon me. 
I mean, I feel like <clears throat> when you ask someone the question, who would you rather have, like, who's the number one player you want in a finals game if you're trying to close out the finals? People say either Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James, and they think Kawhi may have passed LeBron. Well, I might as well just have both those players on my team because they're the, we all agree that they're the two best players to have in the playoffs if you want to win the championship. So why don't I just grab them both? And I think they fit well next to each other. Um, Kawhi's not a great playmaker, but LeBron is. And you put them both at the three and the four, and I think they fit great together. So I'm going to take Kawhi Leonard, and I'm just going to have the two best players in the playoffs, and then I'll fill out the rest from there. And I uh, make an, an interesting point in support of, uh, of Sam's pick there. Um, we're all talking about value and stuff, but if I look through this list closely, there is no Laker on this list besides LeBron and AD that cost more than a dollar. That's not by mistake. By taking LeBron and Kawhi, Sam's essentially saying, I'm going to do what the Lakers are doing this year and trust that they can use role players to win a title. And, and I think the role players are going to be better than the real Lakers because well, I'll have yeah. Marcus so. <laughs> so I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we're looking for playoff success and who's won the last, like who LeBron made eight straight finals and Kawhi won the last one. So. I want, to, I want players that have proven they can do it in the biggest moments. Mm-hmm. You're up again, Sammy. Holy shit, I wasn't ready for that. Okay, <laughs> so I'm up again, huh? Okay, well, I have two bigger guys. <laughs> I could just take Bam and fuck Kyle because I know he wants them. <laughs> I was thinking, I'll just talk about Bam real quick. I feel like that's another guy with my Anthony Davis theory. Right. Bam is a little bit discounted because he's not the offensive player that AD is, but he has that defensive versatility. He can guard smaller guys and he's not a liability on offense, you know, like like Gobert is or something. And Bam's even more versatile on defense than Gobert. So if I'm thinking about this, I've taken two seven dollar players. That means I have ten dollars left. And I have six roster spots, correct? Correct. Six left, yeah. So, I can get one $3 player if I so choose. This is tough. The way you have this, Seth, you did great, honestly. Thank you. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to plan mine out, and I, I'm struggling <laughs> with the last two. So, I feel like the two pieces I need left are a center that fits with these players and kind of a defensive guard. Um, because, you know, we've seen that the Lakers without Avery have struggled on defense, and I don't want that to happen to my team. But I'm looking at these defensive guards. Mm. Marcus Smart is on here. Sure is. A value at $2. He honestly, he honestly might be. Um, the, the thing that might concern me is, do I want to surround these two guys with, with three shooters? I haven't seen Marcus miss a three in this playoff, <laughs> to be fair. I think I'm just going to take Marcus Smart. I want an elite defensive guard, and I'll get a couple great shooters. I mean, Kawhi, of course, we know is an elite shooter. LeBron isn't a slouch. <laughs> LeBron, exactly. LeBron isn't a slouch on, on shooting, so I think we'll be fine. All right. Sam really gave me a punch in the gut there. Um, <laughs> If you guys didn't hear, Kyle just whisper, I'm going to throw you off. 
when I draft Lou Dort, but he doesn't know I already considered him for number one overall. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was gonna. I was hoping when I took Clay Thompson, I was hoping that Sam would not do the um, double seven dollar player. You fool! But even though he he did, I decided I'm okay with either Kawhi or KD, assuming health. So I'm gonna take Kevin Durant here um, and load up on my own star power. Um, I mean, we all know he's one of the only players to ever outplay LeBron James in a playoff series. Is he? LeBron's lost how many playoffs or how many uh, finals? Like two. Well, I don't think – I mean, unless you count Andre Iguodala, finals MVP. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he's free on this list. <laughs> so, I'm going to take uh, KD. Um, again, another elite scorer, one of the best of his generation, and also a great defender um, and someone who can initiate the offense if I need him to. So, yeah, I feel pretty good starting off a, a team with AD, Clay, and Kevin Durant, um, all great on both sides of the floor. Yeah, I think it's similar to what I said earlier. I, I'll be curious to see who you end up with at point guard that's going to get all these guys their shots because obviously KD can create for himself. Mm-hmm. One of anyone yet who can create for the others. For sure. We're on the main. And so the pieces have fallen perfectly. <laughs> You're going to take Bam, aren't you? Damn straight. Yeah. Third pick, four dollars. Damn straight. Give me Bam. Nice one. Add a bio. I mean, I've talked about it countless times. I just think he's the ideal center for what for the current day NBA and for exactly what I'm like modeling my team around. Uh, I would have loved Jokic, Jokic, however you want to call him, Big Honey. I say it different every time. I think I, I it's good that. every time though. Uh, but I feel like Bam's kind of just a discounted version of him that's more athletic. He can defend any position. He's a really good passer, very underrated in the passing game, I feel. Um, he could score. He could shoot the three. He doesn't do it much. Neither does Jokic, though. But he can do it. It's in his arsenal. It's in his bag. Um, obviously, we know how good him and Jimmy play together. Add in Luca to create some additional space for Bam to get some easy layups and, and dunks under the basket. I don't know how you guys are going to do it the way my team started. Let me ask you this, because I thought about taking Bam instead of Marcus, but I just felt like, do you have any concerns about Bam not being able to shoot the three and how how you were able to win without a shooting big in today's game, especially in the pick and roll. Because, you know, Luca right now has Kristaps as his big, right? Yeah. And, of course, we know Kristaps is an elite three-point shooter for a big. Do you have any concerns with that transition to Bam, a non-shooter? No. Um, I mean, like I said, Bam's not – I don't think he's a non-shooter. He's just surrounded by – look at his team. His team is literally just all three-point shooters. <laughs> so, I don't think he's really – needed to do that but he's shown that he can make threes he's shown that he can make a mid-range jump shot and he's good around the rim he can yeah he's done it before I'm not, i don't know i'd have to look up what his three-point percentage is obviously but um you know i don't i don't need every single player on my team to shoot greater than like 35 40 percent from three especially considering just the versatility that he brings to the rest of the offense, especially on defense. 
he's going to get easy shots by the rest of the players I put around him under the basket and inside the three-point line. That's not necessarily needed, but he could do it. And that's the trouble that my team presents. <laughs> okay, but the thing is, he can't do it because he's shooting 0.2 three-point attempts per game and shooting 14%. Like, we, I mean, maybe in practice he can shoot threes, but he – doesn't shoot them during a game, so I, I don't because think it's that's not true. needed. Like I'm saying, I, Why my, the way I'm building needed? my team, I don't necessarily need him to be a three point shooter. I think it's interesting because Kyle started off talking about how he wants to like build his team similar to the Rockets. Yeah, um, which I think he still could, but you've got Ban and some might argue Jimmy. Yeah, as two that's kind of what I was saying, three yeah. point shooters. Maybe Jimmy in the playoffs is a great three point shooter. I don't know. But just really interesting, and I mean, it's only three players, so I have five more to go. I mean, you're still you're already much different than the Rockets, which is fine. But like the Rockets, right? No, I, I know. I'm not trying. If I was trying to build the Rockets, I would just draft the Rockets. Robert <laughs> I would literally. I would, I would have started with Harden. I would have went with Westbrook second. I The interesting thing to but like, like I said, I mentioned you guys. Like I feel like the Heat are kind of like the watered-down Eastern Conference version of the Rockets. They're not the same type of team, but just like the way their team is made up in terms of the versatility and the switching potential on both ends of the floor. I'm and that's curious. really what I was, was going. Yeah, you're more like the Heat than the Rockets, really. I mean, well, he's two got two Heat players. Exactly, two to one, and therefore he doesn't have any Rockets players. Is Luka. Is Luka, I'm putting in his hardness. <laughs> Nick, I'm curious where you fall on what you uh, – where do you put the Heat's chances in the playoffs this year? Because um, one thing we wanted to kind of do is, is springboard some of the players that we draft and talk about the current playoffs. And so I think Kyle is, is all in on the Heat, and I don't really buy it yet. But what do you think, Nick? wouldn't say I'm all in because I'm still hesitant to give up on the Bucks, despite the absolute trashing we did of Giannis earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and no one drafted Giannis. I don't think anyone will, but. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I just, I think the Heat have looked incredible, so much better than I thought they would look in the playoffs. Um, because I thought a lot of these things that we're talking about, I thought when it came to Butler not being that strong of a three-point shooter, I didn't think he would be very impactful. Mm -hmm. And uh, boy, was I wrong in terms of offensive. Right. Uh, and I also think, like, their, their role players just – I'm amazed by the culture in Miami and how, it, how effective it is with people who are, like, role players. Like, Duncan Robinson, and especially – I texted you guys about it the other night. Tyler Hero plays, like, a five-year vet who's yeah. been – playoff series before and I think that's just due to the coaching and due to like the type of guys that are down there so I I really do think that Miami like scares me as a team that can go all the way to the finals strictly because of their culture not just because of like raw talent yeah I, I agree with you Nick and I think I kind of fall with you in the middle of Kyle and Seth where it's like well I mean I picked the Bucks in seven so obviously I think this is gonna be a long series and I think that the Heat are a perfect matchup for the Bucks. uh but I do think the Bucks are the better team it remains to be seen, like we said, whether Giannis can take over in those late game moments and create good shots. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I just to follow that up, I picked the Bucks in six myself, and now that we're looking at it, uh, I mean, of course, post game one, you say the Bucks have the best player, 
the Heat probably have the second best player in Jimmy over like Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. Argue that Chris Middleton's the third best player in the series. Kyle would argue Bam for sure. How many bucks are you taking before you take like five guys from the Heat? Right, right, exactly. Their depth is huge, yeah. But I am trying not to overact to game one because, as we know, Portland and the Magic were in game one. So we know how that yeah. So we'll see. But I think it will be a long series. Uh, who is next pick? Nicholas. Ooh. Two in a row. And uh, let me tell you, after everything we just said with Kyle's team about potentially not being able to get shots because Bam is not a three-point shooter, I'm going to take a non-big sh- big three – a non-three-point shooting big man – I'm going to take DeMontis Sabonis. Mm. Okay. Because I think he's a value at three, and I think it's just another player who is going to defend at a high level and facilitate. Because I already have Jason Tatum and Seth Curry. Steph Curry, excuse me. I want I Seth Curry. Seth. <laughs> uh, didn't have a budget. <laughs> so we already have shooting, and I think his playmaking and his defense will be enough. And – I guess we'll be a little small, but the Warriors won with Draymond at the five, and yeah, the bonus is a similar player to Draymond. So I like that pick a lot, Nick. And I think we forget about him because he wasn't in these playoffs, but he was their best player, you know. And that's a team that that exceeded expectations to get into that four spot. So I like that a lot. Yeah, solid player, good player to uh, facilitate the offense a little bit. And we haven't good even scorer. seen him in the playoffs yet, have we? Or was he there last year? He was year? there last year, yeah. Okay. Just, I didn't watch any of the games. You know, yeah. I have no pace in the world. Right. <laughs> and then who you got next, Nick? Yeah, so this has been really hard because I look at the board and I want to treat it like a fantasy draft where it's just like, oh, my God, look at all these amazing players that are left. But mm-hmm. Budget. The cash. Um, and I'm looking up and down the, um, the like, four-point players, and you got guys like C.J. McCollum, Devin Booker, uh, Pascal Siakam, just so many swing guys that I would be totally fine with. And so it's a little bit like a fantasy draft in that I don't think you guys are going to take them. So I'm going to go for a guy who I just think his value is so good for every team. I'm going to rob Seth of another Celtic and take Jalen Brown. Nice. Wow. I like that pick. I just took him off my list. What do you mean? I mean, I had him as my next pick. Oh, okay. And even before Nick said anything, I changed my pick. So I don't, I'm not even upset anymore. Not even upset. I pick the superior. I'm going to pick a superior player. <laughs> superior to Jalen Brown. Impossible. How could you even find him? Reunite Jason and Jalen. I like it, Nick. I mean, they've shown to be an incredible duo together. Yeah. His, he's a, one of those, you know, two-way players, and he can contribute in every every – offensive category at the same time it's so i feel like this is a good time to talk Celtics just beat the raptors went up two to zero in the series um i think i'm a little bit biased slightly you don't say does anyone else want to put in their feeling about how optimistic you feel about the celtics right now i don't want to say i feel optimistic mainly because i chose toronto but at the same time um you know, in Kyle Lowry's post game after the game today, they asked him uh, about how the game, you know, went, especially the closing minutes of the game. And he was just like, Marcus Smart hit five threes in the fourth quarter. I mean, and just laughed. He was like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. It's like Toronto had that game. They were in it the whole time. 
and they really were down to the last shot. And the only reason that they were had the pressure on them to make the last shot to win the game was because one of their role players stepped up and was just couldn't miss. I mean, it happens. It happens in a lot of NBA games. Someone gets hot, and it's just it's tough to recover from, um, especially a player that you're not typically, you know, scared of uh, offensively. Right. When that player steps up and is going to shoulder the load, and then you have the rest of your star players around you, that's a lot to worry about. So, I mean, down 2-0, not scared. Fred Van Vliet's got his family there now, so he's about to catch absolute fire. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I am a little worried about that. <laughs> As someone who also picked Toronto. Big mistake. Yeah, let me uh, <laughs> let me go back on yet another one of my picks and say that I am. Um, not necessarily because I think uh, Boston has played so, so well, um, which I do, especially defensively. But the thing that scares me is I don't think Toronto's played that bad, and yet they're still down 0-2. Game one, they definitely like missed more game shots. Game one, they played Haywood. Yeah, but I feel like they played fine this game. And just we were talking about it earlier. I don't know. I feel like see, I don't know if it's because there's not a true alpha like when Kawhi was there last year, but Siakam seems to have not necessarily regressed because he's still good, but he's just making really stupid and very like immature plays for someone that showed such high ceiling last year playing off of Kawhi. And even during the regular season to start the year, he looked like he was going to be an all-star. And just ever since the restart, he's looked so off. All he does is drive mindlessly to the rim, toss the ball up, and hope he gets a foul call. He's not taking smart shots. He's not looking to drive and pass out. He's just He's just trying trying to draw fouls, and that's not the type of player that he was early in the season and especially last year with Kawhi. And I, that's what worries me. I didn't expect him to keep playing. You know, obviously against Brooklyn, it wasn't necessary for him to be great, but he's not even I playing. You weren't worried. Yeah. I think that, that that's one of the concerns I brought up if you listen to the last podcast, and I'm sure Nick and Matt, you guys did because you're only two listeners. I, I brought up the fact that I didn't think Matt's the Raptors... Matt's not even listening right now. He's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's eating a cookie, so that's, that's fair. I did I did so think good. that... I brought up the fact that I don't think the Raptors are win this. Excuse me. He says just talking on a podcast. Uh, you couldn't hear me. I said Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> there are Cheerios and cookies in case anyone wanted to know. I, I brought the fact that I don't think the Raptors can win a championship, and I tried to find any historical comp to them. And the only one I could find was the Detroit Pistons from 0405, who had a great defense, but only oh, one All-NBA player who was third-team All-NBA. You know, I saw on Twitter, and I meant to bring it up a couple days ago, I think it was, uh, another comp that I think it works even better. Oh, yeah, what is it? Uh, what would it be? The, the 94 Bulls the year after Michael left? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they didn't win the championship. The year after. So when he came back? They didn't win the championship that year either. No, I'm saying so they won the championship. Michael left. Yeah, right. It's similar to yeah, but they didn't win. Right. I know they haven't won this year either. (laughs) Yes, yes. I just saw shocked when Kyle agrees with me that I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, Yeah, I know. And my concern was that you know that to win a championship, historically speaking, you need a player who can score in isolation from anywhere on the field. Like I was saying about Kawhi, and I don't know if Pascal is that in the playoffs yet, and he hasn't shown to be that certainly. 
you know, he might be a little yeah. expensive for one. You know, confirmation bias and all that, but yeah. I think Boston and Miami have Butler – well, flip that. Miami and Boston have Butler and Tatum, two guys that can get a bucket anytime they want. And the two teams that are down have exactly what you were just talking about, right? Giannis, we think, at the end of a game, can't get a bucket anytime he wants, right? It has to be the right bucket. And Toronto, I don't know who gets their bucket at with a minute. I think I think that's why I think that I figured that would be. I think that's why um, I feel so good about the Celtics is that we have multiple players who can get their own shot at any time. And then if any one of them just isn't having a good night, like the other two can step up. So like today, Kemba normally can create his own shot, has incredible like pull up three ability. He wasn't hitting things today. And then Tatum and Brown. I think especially Brown today was just like pulling up from anywhere. So they can both get their own shot. And Hayward can too if he's healthy. So, and Marcus Smart today could. So. Yeah, and he's on my team now. Team. So let's continue with the draft so we can finish it. Did and Nick watch pick two players yet or is he still on the pick? No, Jalen Williams. I'm taking two. Yeah. I'm guessing you're taking Fred. Yeah. Yeah, my pick is Fred. Are you going to be sure? Are you going to be assured that he has a baby during the playoffs? If he doesn't impregnate his wife, I'll find someone else to. <laughs> Scratch that. I never said it. That sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. The Van Vliet family. That sounded <laughs> much worse than it sounded. We apologize for the Van Vliet family and everyone related to the Raptors. <laughs> However, if that's what needs to be done to ensure that he shoots 53%. I stand by it. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I've talked to you guys about it just – Ever since really last year, Fred's really just been becoming one of those stogie boys. Um, when he's feeling it, you know, he can get a bucket from absolutely anywhere on the court. He's not one of those, you know, he's one of those, those Dame types where when he's feeling it, he'll pull up from the logo. He doesn't care. Yeah. And he's got one of those shots that Nick was talking about. I was like, he releases it. You think it's going in every time. At least I do. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, he's really frisky on the defensive end, too. We saw it the other He's got a big ass. He's got a sure. fat ass. Those are the two biggest asses in the league. Yeah. You gonna take Kyle Lowry this? It's uh, <laughs> oh, too much money for budget. me. The big ass boys. <laughs> but um, you know, we saw it the other game. Like, just what was it? It was the fourth quarter. They were they were trying to claw back. I think they were down maybe like 12, 14. and I think there were like three possessions in a row where Fred got the ball on the defensive end. He forced a turnover. And it's just like that's the scrappy type of player that he is. That's the scrappy type of player my team's like. I love that. And that's the offensive type of player that I want. So, yeah. Ooh. So when I was when I was thinking about this next pick, are we ready to? Or yeah, but yeah, yeah. no, that's what I was going to okay. say. So I was thinking about answering Nicholas's question about who is going to initiate the offense for me, who's going to get my players the ball in the spot where they can succeed. Fred was on my list, but fortunately, I had just crossed him off because he's one dollar more expensive than who I'm going to pick which I think is the perfect person for this, Nick. And he fulfills my um, strategy and pattern of um, players who can shoot threes and play elite defense. So I'm going to take <laughs> close Malcolm Brown. I was looking at Brock Hart. The president. So he's a value at $2. A, a, practically a 50-40-90 guy and plays great defense. And he's just – a good game manager. He can set the offense up, get people the ball where they can succeed. So I feel very 
confident with him as my point guard, especially with all the offensive firepower. I'm pretty confident to say that I think Brogdon between definitely like the $2 is the best value. And I think he's probably like a top three value considering if you group the three and $2 together. Well, I think he's very underrated. Like Kyle Schroeder is $2, so. <laughs> Schroeder, for everyone listening, is maybe the 100th best player in the league and also a member of Kyle's all He's going to win team. the sixth man of the year. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, you take all five players from each team. Fuck. <laughs> okay, so I have, I have my back-to-back pitch now, right? Yeah. Yes. So I could potentially take a $6 player and then take three minus $1 players, right? Yeah. So I could take Jokic and then have Hassan, Carmelo, and Mario? Yeah. <laughs> I won't, though. You could do whatever you like. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up. I've been flirting with Mario this whole draft. I hope but everyone I- <laughs> is keeping their own math to, uh, I- figured out because yeah. I'm – So I had two $7 players, which is 14 and I had a $2 player, which is 16 So I have $8 left. So I'm going to take – so as we know, my team is Kawhi, LeBron, and Marcus, all elite defenders. And now I would like two shooters at the uh, shooting guard position and at the center position. So I'm going to take Brooke Lopez. Oh, good pick. Because I like that. he'll be an elite rim protector for me, as we've seen with my with um, the Bucks this year. I mean, he got a little buzz for defensive player of the year, and some were saying – who's was Yeah, and some were saying who's – Really, you know, the reason the Bucks defense is so good is Giannis or, or Brooks. So I'm happy to have that. And <laughs> I don't know who said that. <laughs> I found who someone. Said, in, why is the Bucks defense so good? It's Brooks Lopez. I found Brooke someone Lopez. in the darkest alley. Some people were saying, "Who is Brooke Lopez?" <laughs> yeah, and um, and also I feel like I mean, obviously we we see he's not a lead shooter, but he'll shoot the three at the five, which is what I want. And then he's I'm going to take. A, he's, a, he's an elite three point shooter for last Last year he was. This year he's shooting like 25%. But, you know, he's at least making people think. And um, and he'll shoot the deep ones, which yeah, is what I like. Yeah. Fair. And then I'll take a $1 player, my first $1 player. And I'm going to take Duncan Robinson. I like that a lot. I thought about taking Seth Curry, but I wanted a little more size on the defensive end, you know. Seth might – we might have to hide Seth, where I don't think we'll have to hide Duncan as much at the shooting guard position. He at least has some size, you know, we can wrangle some players. He's got the droopiest face in the NBA, too. Yeah, and he's shooting 45% for three, and he shoots like eight a game and shoots – and he scores 80% of his points from the three. So that's exactly what I need as a fit around LeBron and Kawhi. So I'm going to take him. All right. I think it comes to Seth, right? Yeah, so I'm up next. Um, I could take a, a – I have enough in the budget to have one $2 player left, and then the rest have to be ones. But I'm going to hold off on that, at least for now. Um, and I'm going to take a $1 player. Shockingly, I'm going to take a Rockets player before Kyle. And I'm going to take P.J. Tucker. Wow. I like that. It's a good thing. I love P.J. Could be. The scariest man in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, um, you know, I, I Sam took Marcus Smart away from me. Um who was rightfully mine. So I think PJ gives that kind of little bit of nasty on the defensive end. Elite rebounder, who I love. Um, and I think he'll be in a position to succeed when he doesn't, he doesn't have to play the five because I have two other seven-footers on the team or two seven-footers on the team. PJ's not, obviously. And then he can still uh, get corner heels. So my whole starting five can play uh, – Hit threes and play defense, so I feel good about that. I like that pick a lot. 
I'm going to draft my first Houston Rockets player. Oh, Broco. my God. Yeah, none other than uh, Bobby Big Dick Covington. The biggest. Um, kind of for all the same reasons Seth just talked about. Uh, uh, P.J. Tucker, Jesus Christ. Why does it happen to me every <laughs> single time? Um, he's just – I think, obviously, as I've talked about countless times, he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I think he has one of the highest basketball IQs in the NBA. He's always in the right spot at the right time. He's great on the defense then. Really good three-point shooter. Really good at rebounding and getting the right position when the balls go, when one other players shoot. Um, you know, it's just, I think he fits to my team. I'm starting him at power forward, um, you know, my mentality of having players that can switch and pretty much guard almost every position. He fulfills that. He's got three-point shooting, like I said. So, Bobby Big Dick, he's home. Is that your fifth starter? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, is it, who's up next? Nick has his last starter right now. I'm having a tough time, boys. And this is a little off topic, but I just – it's amazing – me so i was looking up uh all defensive players because i was trying to think like okay who's a guy that i'm not thinking of who's just yeah an ace defender and i'm amazed to know did you know that dejounte murray was second team all defense two years ago oh, not surprised i'm i'm I shocked think the ceilings like enormous like immense i think he if pop would <sighs> commit like he did when the restart happened, he committed to playing his young guys like Deontay 30-plus minutes a game. He has that type of ceiling. He's that type of player offensively and defensively especially where he could stop. He could guard pretty much any position too. He's not the biggest guy, but his just his positioning is so good. His hands are so good. I agree with you. I, I love Deontay. Kyle, the way you're talking about positioning his hands, are you, are you excited over there? Um, so to get back to my pick, I am going to take a guy $3 value again, who I think, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's undervalued here. It's just that I, I don't know. He just always seems to be perpetually undervalued and that's Drew Holiday because I think he's going to continue to add shooting to my team. He's going to run the team when Steph's on the bench and speaking of ace defenders, he's, he's incredible. So I'm going to take Drew Holiday. Love it. And then you're up next for your first bench pick. Uh, I knew you'd say that, you slut. <laughs> um, this is where it's getting tough because I'm down to $4 here and I need three players. So I am going to take a guy who solved a little bit of what we were talking about earlier. I want to stretch big and someone who I know is willing to intentionally injure someone in a playoff game. So I'm going to take – Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kelly Olenek? I did not what expect him to go in this draft. Kelly Olenek? <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about a guy who's going to be an elite three-point shooter, who's going to give his all on the defense even elite? though he's... It won't be him, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> and he's going to round out a bench. He's going to be an eighth man, but I also did not have time to look through other $1 players. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I mean... It must be asked, does Kelly deserve to be in the minus one category? Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I did not realize Kelly only 40% from three this year. Great pick. 35 last year and 38% the year before. 
He's always been a three-point shooter. He was on the Celtics. He's a great three-point shooter. Yeah. And he'll kick some of the nuts if you need it. All right. Who's up? That's what I'm saying. Kyle, what are you taking? Sam still has no Thank idea you. who's picking. I don't even know where I am. This next pick is easy to start my bench. There's just no <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah. The German chocolate cake also comes home. Dennis Schroeder. Come home I mean, to what, Germany? <laughs> I mean, I've I professed my love countless times to, of Dennis. Uh, Sam has finally begun to admit that he is a star in this league. He said it as recently as yesterday. I just say that to make you happy. <laughs> but, I mean, you want someone to come off the bench and get buckets? Dennis is going to do that. He's honestly, like I said, he's in the running. I think he should win sixth man of the year. I think he led all bench players in scoring this year with, like, 20 points per game. Um, whether it's three-point shooting, whether it's getting to the rim, he's really crafty at the rim, surprisingly. Um, and he's, a, he's one of those frisky defenders, too. He's not afraid to, afraid to get up in your grill. He's not afraid to go toe-to-toe. He's not afraid to, to give you a, a, a fist in the dick like PJ got the other day. So that's a exactly, fist in the dick. That's in ex- the dick. That's does. exactly what I need on my team. That's what I he's need. At that Chris, he's at that Chris Paul nut punch school. I'm, I must be mentioned, if you haven't put your kids to bed, yeah, you probably should. <laughs> um, Seth, you're up next. Yeah, so I'm just going to sound like a broken record here with – three and D guys, but I'm going to take the one who I think is the best left for the best value, and that is OG and Anobi. I like that pick. Great point. If you haven't watched the uh, Serge Ibaka video with OG where he uh, takes him into a store and uh, dissects his style and dresses him, it's one of the best videos on YouTube. Highly recommend it. You heard it here first. Um, I say, so I have, I have three players left. And I have five dollars. My God, it's more than I thought. I'm strongly considering taking Jamal Murray and then taking Mario Hazonia and Hassan Whiteside, ending with two dollars. <laughs> I'm considering it, but I won't though. You don't have what it takes. Honestly, it might be worth it to take Jamal and then get Mario. I know I've toyed with this entire podcast, but Mario's gonna play like what ten minutes for me a game, and I'll lose those minutes by fifteen <laughs> points. <laughs> No, it's fine. I'm not going to do that. I think you should. Okay, so I can basically take two two dollar players and one one dollar player. I'd respect or three or two three. ones. My God, you didn't consider that. <laughs> you not consider I even thought about that. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, no, I'd respect to you and yours. I must take my next pick, Marcus All, because That's a fucking terrible. Pick. He's on my fantasy team every year. Well, he's coming off the bench, right? Fuck Marcus We know that. And he's a former all-defensive player who still is elite on that end. If he cuts his hair, it's fine. If you require him to cut his hair, I'm all for it. Yeah, that'll be the first thing he does. And um, he can shoot threes. So that's all I want on my bench. Um, with my next pick, I think I'm going to take Buddy Heald. Mm, nice. Who is a, a poor man's Dennis Schroeder, you might say. So this is another elite three-point shooter, which, as you know, I want on my team. And um, his defense is passable, I'd say. And so coming off the bench, I don't mind a little spark plug scorer if he's not, you know, he's not an elite defender, but part with Mark, I'm fine with that off the bench. Set. All right, so I'm up next. I'm just considering taking Buddy there. Um, but I think instead... 
got a couple ones on my list that I'm tempted by. I, I still have a budget for one $2 player left. Um, but yeah, screw it. Um, Kyle might be disappointed, but he shares my namesake. So I feel like I have the right to do it. I'm going to take Steph Curry for $1. Honestly, that's what I meant to do last time. I don't know why I didn't do that. Instead of who? You picked the superior of, uh, Mark. But I saw Mark's name and I felt the lust in my heart. Right, so I have a player who's better than Steph Curry for $1. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping that I, I was thinking I could grab him in one of these last two picks. And I was sorely mistaken. All right, so who's up now? Kyle? Yes. yes. With my um, – what is this, my, my seventh pick? Um, just looking for a big man to come off the bench, obviously, versatile, to shoot the three. Uh, we've been watching a lot on TV. Uh, I have to go with Jeremy Grant. You know, he, the Nuggets signed him and, and are, is let, are letting him do exactly what he should be doing, which is a three and D big man. That's the perfect type of player that I need on my team to come off the bench, you know, shoot the three and play very good defense, and that's exactly what he is. He was uh, $1. A rich man's Marcus All, I've always said. All right, Nick, what are you picking here? These are your last two picks, right? Yeah. These are my last two picks, and would you believe I have no idea because – How much you have left, Nick? I have $3, and the problem – with having $3 right now is that means I can't get a $3 player because I need two. And to well, me, that's not true, Nick. Mario Hazonia is on the board. You can get a $4 player and Mario Hazonia. Is that that's legal, a, though? Because if you pick Mario after him, you had to pick Mario first. No, you don't. Yeah, because you made negative $1 when you could do that. It doesn't matter. Overall, the cap is $24. As you can't as go as into the negative. That's illegal. So you no, got to pick Mario even. first to give it a month. Well, it doesn't money. matter. He's picking back to back. Of course. Semantics. The spoiler, is, the spoiler is I'm certainly not picking Mario. <laughs> but Carmelo. Someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think uh, here I'm going to go with a bit of a, a wild card. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, with Tyler Hero. Fuck you. Great pick. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it at length, but the man just has incredibly large balls and biggest balls. I think apparently, like as a third guard in a rotation, I think he's ready for the playoffs. Um, and behind Steph, I think he'll be fine. So, at one dollar, I like that value. Um, and I apologize for the delay, but this is tough. It is tough once you come down to those one dollar players, isn't it? We don't have all the one dollars really listed out, and so. Uh, sure. All right, you know what? I'm gonna get some guaranteed playoff scoring, and this might be a this might be a bad move because, to be honest, I have enough guards already. But I'm gonna use my last two dollars, and I'm gonna get Sweet Lou. Lou will. Okay. I like that. We had a discussion earlier about needing to get a playoff bucket, and. Lou Williams is a walking bucket, no matter who he's who's guarding him. So, I'll take Lou. I like that pick. Yeah. Who's up next? Is it you, Seth? No, it's me. But now I don't know what I'm going to do because Seth and uh, Seth and Tyler are gone. 
That's right here. <laughs> and those were. You have one pick left, right? Yeah, and those were my last. Those were the two that I had listed. Um, and I need it's, a one dollar player. I don't mean to alarm you, but it's the game with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, so you just we'll pick your last player. While Kyle looks, I would like to note that this game is incredibly low scoring. Sixty-eight with five and a half minutes ago. If you didn't hear that, Matt was gloating about predicting the Utah Jazz to win the series, and he was the only one to predict it, despite knowing nothing about basketball. Despite picking the Knicks in a playoff series. This is a great story. While while Kyle is trying to pick, uh, we all descend on our our playoff picks to Nick, and. Matt having to pick the New York Knicks in one of the series, uh, who, as we know, are one of the worst teams in the league and did not even come close to making the playoffs. And his reasoning was, I believe, that he thought the Brooklyn Nets were the Knicks. No, no, no. The Clippers logo, I was looking at an image that wasn't very high resolution. So I thought the Clippers logo, uh, like LAC in it, was a G. Okay, so I don't know if the listeners at home could even hear what Matt was saying, but apparently he thought the Clippers logo was a Brooklyn Nets logo. And then, therefore, thought it was the Knicks, the Brooklyn Knicks. So, therefore, the an idiot is the moral of the story. (laughs) Okay, Kyle, pick your player. Let's go. I'm making sure that he's not on this list for two dollars. All right. So, since Nick uh, poached my Heat pick of Tyler Hero, I'm going to stick with the Heat um, and go with none other than um, Goran Dragic. Damn it, that was going to be my last pick to round out. My eight players, uh, obviously not as elite of three-point shooting as Hero or Seth, but uh, I think he provides a little more value in other offensive categories. Uh, I think he's a good facilitator off the bench. He's been really hot from three this playoffs, at least, and and since the bubble uh, restarted. Um, And he's just another one of those players that gets it done on the defensive end. Um, So... Are three of my eight players Heat players? Yes. Yeah, you're building the Heat. I love well, that. I um, we have six players drafted from the Heat right now. I mean, they're they're a great. And team. nobody thinks that they're going to make it to the finals, but me. Sad. Well, you got a good role player. Yeah. All right, All right. Seth. Let's get my last pick. I've got two dollars left, so um, I'm going to take another three and D guy who also has the ability to come off the bench and facilitate the offense, be kind of a secondary playmaker. And that is Boyan Bogdanovich. I like that a lot. Boyan, Boyan. All right, with the last pick of the inaugural P, uh, short for playoff something. Auction extravaganza. Thank you. I will be taking Joe Harris on the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, wow, that's a great pick. Why didn't I think of Joe? He was on my list. Who shoots 43% from three and has a little size. Yeah, I really fucked up my last pick. You want that coming off the bench. You guys could trade. Sam is going to take Goran. <laughs> Want to trade? I would do that. I'll trade with you. Not yet. We'll, we'll discuss it offline. Let's okay. trade. Let's make a trade for the people. Seth, why don't you list our teams so we can sign off and watch the end of this fourth quarter selfishly? All right. So um, Sam's team, he's got Marcus Smart playing point guard, I think. Two guard, Duncan Robinson. Then he's got LeBron and Kawhi at the wings and Brooke Lopez starting center. Pretty sure LeBron's going to be the starting point guard. Yeah, probably. Um, Ostensibly, yeah. But, you know, offense, defense, whatever. Yeah. It, off the bench, he's got Marcus Saul, Buddy Heald, and Joe Harris. You don't want to trade? My team, I've got Malcolm Brogdon running the point. On the wings, I have Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, 
and PJ Tucker. And I've got Anthony Davis at the five. Off the bench, OG Ananobi, Seth Curry, Bojan Bogdanovic. Kyle's team, very heat-centric. He's got Luka, running point, Jimmy Butler. We'll be playing small forward. Small forward, Fred at the two. Rocco, Robert Covington, also on the wing. And then down low, Bam Adebayo. And he's got Schroeder, Jeremy Grant, Goran Dragic coming off the bench. And Nick's team, he's got Steph Curry. On the wings, the dynamic duo, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Drew Holiday, second guard spot, and Demontis Sabonis at the big. And then off the bench, he's got Olenek, Hero, and Lou Williams. So that's it. I think, Honestly, those are pretty evenly matched. I think so, too. I'd love to note that I think my team is by far the worst. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's not me this time. <laughs> All right, we think that uh, Sam showed that the the high dollar values at the start, like I mean, it just goes with everything we know about basketball. If you have two stars, you have a good chance of winning. So yeah, as usual, I like my team and Sam's team the best because we have the same brain. So. Right. <laughs> Any parting words from anyone before we watch the rest of the fourth quarter? I would never have words to part. All right, good. Uh, Third day though, what do you do? I think you know your rose again. Yeah, straight.